You're listening to the Awesome Podcast Network. Welcome to Geekly Dose. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now your hosts, Tim Bridgewater and Stephen Nocentelli. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of Geekly Dose. This is, of course, your number one spot for all things geek. That includes games, movies, comics, etc., my name is Tim Bridgewater. I'm an actor, I'm a screenwriter. Uh, you can find me at facebook.com slash timbridgewater2. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at timbridgewater1. Of course, I'm joined with my co-host, Mr. Steven Nosen Telly. Okay, yes, that is... <laughs> Thank you for that wonderful introduction. Well, why not? You know. <laughs> I'm, of course, Steven Nosen Telly. Uh, I'm the creator of a little comic strip online called Real Super. Which could be right at real-super.com. This is very true. This is very true. Um, We, of course, for anyone who's kind of confused, we're we're on a bi-weekly schedule now. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to get back on that because we talked about it and then we were gone for like a month and then we came back and recorded an episode and now approximately two weeks later, we're coming out with the next one. So as you can see, we're actually starting to actually get on schedule now. So, you know, kind of get used to that. Let all your friends know, et cetera, and all that kind of stuff. You know, let us know your thoughts on it if you're having any kind of concerns or quips or quibbles about it. Mm-hmm. Send us an email at geeklydose at gmail.com. Well, especially if they're quips. I want to read those. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I don't really know what quips means, uh-huh. but I just figured it would it's sound like good. It's like a, a quick, smart okay. so it's uh, kind of comeback, like, ah, like something clever. You would think I would know what that means, considering I always do that in real life. Mm-hmm. With, uh, here we go. Uh, quip, a witty remark. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Dictionary.com. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Um, so, at this point, I'm going to talk about what we're going to talk about on today's show. Um, it, there's not going to be a comic review. Oh, okay. I, I figure I should say that right now. Just because there are a couple things we kind of want to talk about. You know, um, <laughs> Halloween has just passed, etc. So, we want to talk a little bit about that. And, and there's a lot of couple things you know some things that are going on now in movies and stuff that we kind of want to mention so we're going to kind of bypass that segment but we're going to go into of course what is arguably wow it has Mm -hmm. been two weeks hasn't it Mm -hmm. the biggest news in like cinema history right right long time okay of course we're talking about the fact that disney in fact purchased lucas films and they're planning to make at the very least, three more Star Wars films. Of course, they're talking about more than that. So we're going to talk about that. Talk about our thoughts, expectations, concerns. What we would like to sure. see. Oh, what that, we don't want to see. That little story. Yeah. Yeah. That, that I'm surprised people even thing. knew that it happened. Exactly. Like, you know, it was just like some whatever. people out there who didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I was I, surprised. I <laughs> so yeah, we're going to talk about that. And um, that should be an interesting discussion, hopefully. And then, of course, we're going to go on a preview review, which is a segment where our producer Jesse is going to... Uh, Play a trailer for us, one that we haven't seen before, but beforehand he's going to tell us a little bit about it. And then Stephen and I are going to make our thoughts and predictions on whether we think that it's going to be a teaser pleaser or a trailer failure. Mm-hmm. And for mm-hmm. this week, we're going to have a little film called Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning. What? What? Yes. I didn't even know they were making this. Yeah. How many are they up to now? I don't know. Four uh, or five? Four or five, something, something like that. that. But yeah. no Goldberg's in one of them. He is. Yes. <laughs> he is. So we'll see um, what that's about when we get to that. And then I'm going to hand it over to Steven. We're going to have a game review. Yeah, I'm going to be talking about Borderlands 2. 
That would be okay. the second awesome. Borderlands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, not on our last episode, which our last episode was Nostalgia Cast 2. Yeah. So if you didn't get a chance to check that out. A lot out, of sequels. Right. We just kind of like sat there for an hour and a half and watched a lot of old 80s, uh, 90s trailers and for cartoons and movies and stuff. So check that out. Mm-hmm. But the episode before that, you re- reviewed Borderlands 1. Yes. So if I you want to hear that, go back two episodes and you can check that out. Uh, and then, of course, we're going to go into the wrap up and talk about. Uh, next week's show or the show in two weeks. I'm sorry I'm still getting used to this two-week thing. Okay. Right. <laughs> sure. So, but if you were listening before we took our big break, mm-hmm. apparently there was this campaign of sorts. It was some a sort of a small movement. Journey that Steven uh, was going to Started go in my bowels. <laughs> uh, and I'm, I'm glad I was able to share <laughs> this very small bowel movement if you will yes (laughs) and we appreciated it yeah anyone that listened uh to the show before last uh when i did that borderlands review beforehand i i mentioned a a little review of this of borderlands 2 the game i'm doing this week Mm -hmm. uh in the wall street journal that was creating a little buzz on the internet and people uh you know getting their torches and pitchforks looking like they're about to March on Wall Street. I feel like we've done this before, though. <laughs> there was no occupying yeah. uh, involved. But, yeah. but yeah, I, I might have made mention that the review was horrible and I could do a better job. And so, well, you and like 60,000 other people. Yeah, right? yeah. But, but I figured, well, I know that I could do a better job, so why not try to let them Actually know? Actually go for it. Yeah. Right? yeah. Be like, hey, get rid of this other guy and let me do a better job. Mm-hmm. Uh Obviously, as I'm still here, <laughs> and I mean that with great love and affection, uh-huh. uh, I, I, I do not work at the Wall Street Journal. Well, I don't, you never actually mentioned the fact that had you gotten a job, mm-hmm. you would have quit the podcast. Well, no, of course not. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's news to us. Uh, I mean, like, well, guys, I got the job, so uh, <laughs> fuck y'all. <laughs> Then so I you didn't drive off in my Mercedes. Uh, no, no, I didn't. Uh, not even close. Although I did learn a lot about uh, the Wall Street Journal's website, particularly the uh, the way they're structured, and and I kind of feel like some of the uh, the anger, the ire, if you will, uh, may have been misdirected uh, in the whole Borderlands Two incident. Now that I have a oh, better wow. understanding of the structure of their website, hmm. and I, I kind of feel like I wanted to go into that before I attack. Uh, Attack. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I am going to attack. Uh, once again, Mr. Adam Nashberg, mm-hmm. who was mm-hmm. the uh, prolific reviewer <laughs> of Borderlands 2. Uh, yeah, apparently. Okay, so basically, the way the Wall Street Journal website works, right, is you have your Wall Street Journal website where they actually do important businessy news, uh, but then they have another section uh, called the Wall Street Journal blogs. Mm-hmm. And that is uh, certain staff members or contributors uh, that will do articles that don't necessarily fall into the Wall Street line. They'll put that into the blog section. But then the blog section is split up into different blogs that have sections in them, which gets very confusing. So basically what, basically what happened was the Wall Street Journal's blog section had a blog called Speak Easy. And in Speak Easy, one of their segments uh was called game theory which is what adam nashberg writes uh i think he does like once a week Mm -hmm. 
but uh, but he's not the only person on the overall website talking about video games. He's not even the only person on Speak Easy talking about video games. And in fact, the other person on there that does that has a, a blog section called Kill Screen actually kind of knows what he's talking about most of the time. So I feel like, you know, when people are all like, oh, Wall Street Journal, y'all suck, blah, blah, blah. It really wasn't there. I don't think they, anybody at the Wall Street Journal proper even knew what this review or this game was. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's kind of sad. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, who's really expecting them to? What the hell do they talk about mainly? Oh, uh, I don't know. Stock prices? <laughs> <laughs> Stocks are down. Oh, and then that's it. That's that's their headline every day. No. Uh-huh. Uh but that doesn't spare Mr. Adam Nashberg, who I still believe should not be uh, talking about or reviewing video games. Okay, fair enough. Fair, fair enough. enough. Uh, in fact, I, I did a little digging on him, and I came to this very interesting conclusion that uh, he is not in any way a true or serious gamer. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I got a little distracted. <laughs> um, we happen to just be looking at some tweets that people were making um at him on twitter sure and the one at the very top says it's been a month since the review and people are still intent on killing you wow huh is it really that serious people come on now i mean obviously it's not that serious (laughs) but uh but at the same time i could i could i understand the frustration in that you've got other more serious you know if you can say more serious because it's still just video games uh, but, you know, game journalists on various websites who know the ins and outs of the industry and the games they play and have been doing it for years and years and years. And, you know, you can I can understand knowing now what I understand about Mr. Adam Nashberg, uh, why I, I don't understand why he has a shop. So I'm just going to go into something that I discovered uh, in my in my depths. Apparently back in September of 2010, specifically Uh-oh. on September. 12th, now we're digging up the dirt on him. That's right. Uh, a little game. Uh, was reviewed on the Wall Street Journal by the name of Halo Reach. And when I say little game, I do not mean little at all. <laughs> I've heard of this. Yes. But it was, in fact, reviewed by Mr. Adam Nashberg. And I kind of... Have, oh, Sorry. I kind of have a feeling that this was his first uh, game review on the website uh, from the read of it. But there were a couple things he said in it that, that kind of... Uh, a light bulb went off in my head like, wow, this guy really doesn't know how to properly review video games. Uh, So I've pulled some choice quotes from his (laughs) review. Uh, The first of which I found completely fascinating. It was in the first couple paragraphs. He made mention the fact that this super advanced, impressive uh, FPS that he was about to review, that prior to playing it, and I quote, I haven't played a first-person shooter since Castle Wolfenstein came out on 3.5-inch floppy disk. Oh, my God. Which anyone out there doing the math was 1992. <laughs> wow. Yeah, okay. And he wasn't trying to be funny when he said that. Right? No, not Are at all. serious about this, that? This came off very seriously. And I know it's, it's weird when you think about... It, it didn't start with Halo Reach. Like, the first-person shooter is arguably one of the bigger genres of video games. I mean, you basically have your first-person shooters and your sports games that come out every year and sell billions of copies. Mm-hmm. And then everybody else is doing their action adventures and their RPGs. But, I mean, first-person shooters are, are huge. And if you're a serious game reviewer, you, you're probably a little familiar with them. But the fact that he, he says that he hasn't played one since at least 93... Uh, kind of tells me he hasn't been playing many video games at all. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't see how he could avoid first-person shooters. 
Oh, this is a very significant even, genre. I know he even went to say that he'd never played any of the Halo games before. And yet here he is reviewing. But that's not where it gets really funky in this uh, Halo review. Because he later goes on to say, and I quote, My 12-year-old son joined me on Team Noble as we engaged in a single campaign against the aliens on the easiest of the four skill settings. Oh, now, anyone familiar with his Borderlands 2 <laughs> review would know that he reviewed it with the help of his 14-year-old son. I did the math. That is correct. Two years went by. Okay. And he still has his son helping him uh, figure out how to play video games. Hmm. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. I mean, like, I just, I don't, like, how did he say, oh, I want to review video games and do video game news. Like, how did that come to his head when he previously had no contact with any sort of video games? They should just hire his son. Maybe his son would be better yeah. at reviewing them. Apparently. <laughs> but that's not where it gets really bad. And this is where I understand uh, the fault with his Borderlands 2 review. Because a lot of people were saying the way he talked about it, it read like he hadn't even played through the whole game. Mm-hmm. So once again, going back to this Halo Reach uh, review, and I quote, I ran out of time to play the solo mission, but can safely say that with various skill settings and gameplay levels, you'll... You'll have to play many dozens of hours before the solo mission gets boring. So literally, he did not play through the entire game. It sounds like he only played the first two or three missions, which I guess he had a couple hours. I don't know if this means he was playing it at home, how he ran out of time. Doesn't really make sense when you think about people that actually seriously review video games, play them for dozens of hours, almost straight through, in order to, you know, be one of the first people to get the review out, because... Mm -hmm. You know, people want, they want the numbers, right? right? So I don't understand, like, why why is he not playing all of his video games? Uh, he doesn't like video games. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> gathering that. This, this guy's obviously not a gamer, but then that just kind of makes you wonder why he's, <laughs> why are they letting him do it? I don't, uh, that's the conundrum here, I guess. Bumped his pay up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think ultimately I, I came to the conclusion that he, Maybe he just wanted what he thought would be uh, the easy job, you know? Like, oh, yeah, I'll just talk about video games. Yeah. That's Now, simple. clearly, it takes someone who knows nothing at all about video games to think that that would be the easy job. Yeah. Because games have, like, the fans are so passionate about stuff that it, I would think it would be one of the more difficult uh, things to talk about, you know? Yeah. So he was wrong about that. He was very wrong. I don't know. I, I just coming out of looking up things about this person and then seeing the way the Wall Street Journal structures their their blogs and their articles. I mean, yeah, I, I didn't get the job, but I kind of came to the conclusion that I wouldn't even want it if they offered it to me. Mm. I mean, there's nothing reputable about anything. That, I don't know about their Wall Street stuff, <laughs> but on yeah. the video game side, there's literally no reason for them to even have these articles on their website. Yeah, I mean, you like have that. people writing them that don't even know what they're talking about. It's like that... Uh that department in the company that's just like on the the floor right in the middle and they don't have any windows in there mm. or anything. It's just like they don't get <laughs> any of the budget. <laughs> it's like, well, we've got $5 left in the company budget. They're where like in should, the basement. <laughs> no, that's where they are. They're in the basement. Where yeah. should it go? And, you know, they're like running to the boardroom. And then by the time they bust in, it's been decided, oh, we need the $5. Oh, it's too late. <laughs> Well, um, but hey, at least he gets his free uh, copies of of, right. of video games to review. So, did you even get like a response, or did you not get? You just got nothing back. Not at all. I thought it was being clear. I mean, I had uh, 
what was the uh, the writer's market 2012 mm-hmm. uh, which i had talked about a few episodes before mm-hmm. yep. which proved very useful because hey that's actually got information about getting in touch with publishers <laughs> what do you know uh, and, and, you know, I was like, oh, you know, I had the uh, the Mario review that I wrote up and I was like, oh, listen to the older podcast, write up some samples and send it to them. But no, they don't they don't care. I don't I don't even think they uh, they they care about their video game section. Did you hear that, everyone? The Wall Street Journal does not care about their video games. And if you don't want to stand for that, write them, tell them to hire Steven Nelson Telly. <laughs> So he can just revamp the entire uh, structure of their video game reviews at Steve Nocentelli on Twitter. That's right. There you go. That's Do right. it. Maybe you can go in there and shake some things up. Well, things need to be shooken up because <laughs> I, I walked away from the kick some asses. I walked away from the entire incident very uh, saddened. You know, like wow, this is this is the you know like the Wall Street Journal isn't a small paper or mm-hmm. website, mm-hmm. and I was kind of sad at you know just what they allow to be written like i don't i don't understand well that is pretty sad yeah so yeah thank you <laughs> well okay um well don't don't stop trying man <laughs> don't stop believing yeah don't stop trying Maybe hold on to that feeling <laughs> <laughs> lead to, to something else there well speaking of leading on to something else of course halloween just passed uh, we didn't get an opportunity to really do like a Halloween episode and all that kind of stuff because just it just kind of fell in between our schedules and everything. But for a little bit, we do kind of just want to talk about what we did for Halloween and anything interesting that may have happened. Uh, anything on your end? This no, year? nothing. Nothing at all. I don't know. My Halloween this year kind of sucked. I, I very much enjoy the holiday as a kid. It's always been one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I always have like costume ideas bouncing around in my head, specifically like what would be good but cheap to do. Mm-hmm. Uh but I don't know. I, I wanted to go to a haunted house this year. It just it just didn't pan out. Did it have anything to do with how ridiculously expensive the haunted houses are? Um, because that was my. Did the prices go was, up since the last time? I, I don't know. I don't know. It's like at least twenty five bucks a piece for a lot of these places. A piece? Uh, yeah. Wow. I thought it was like yeah. thirteen. No, no. So. Okay. Yeah. Twenty five. Well, I don't have fifty dollars. And you're in there for like fifteen <laughs> minutes. Yeah. You know, that's that's ridiculous. So I did not do any haunted houses, but I did uh, go to a party. There was a uh, a party that was wrestling themed, professional wrestling themed. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jesse was there also. Uh, So everyone who came to the party was dressed up as a wrestler. So it was kind of cool going there and seeing who everyone was going to be dressed up as. Uh, Mm -hmm. I went as The Rock because, well, I didn't have, I guess, too many options to pick from if I wanted to somewhat resemble (laughs) <laughs> the wrestler so i was like oh the rock's kind of my skin tone mm-hmm. and, and he's also my favorite wrestler so i went as the rock you, you know, could have put on uh like a fat suit been rakishi <laughs> <laughs> yeah i didn't want to spend that kind of money in the fat suit <laughs> uh, i don't know how much they cost but uh i just i we did, did kind of two like sumo wrestlers there oh we yeah. did yeah, yeah. yeah. uh i kind of did the uh you know not really him when he's coming out to wrestle but kind of if he's just coming out to interrupt someone's conversation, he'll kind of usually wear like these wind pants with white stripes on the side mm-hmm. and he'll wear like a cutoff, mm-hmm. uh, like a so sleeveless you, T-shirt. You weren't running around in your underwear is what you're saying. I was not. Okay. It was pretty cold. Although that didn't stop one of our friends from doing that. Oh, wow. Daring. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I just I bought a uh, I bought a T-shirt offline that had the Brahma bull on the front, mm-hmm. even though he would never wear that himself because of course he has that on his arm. It's a mm-hmm. tattoo. But I just kind of made a compromise and just got that so people can kind of recognize the Brum Bull and had sunglasses and this old. I think uh, he wears his own belt. shirt. 
Well, he does, but do not now. like. Yeah, he wears. He'll wear one that says like "Just Bring It" on it or oh, something yeah, like yeah. that. But I don't think he's ever worn one with the actual Brahma bull on it. Ah, okay. But he could have. I don't know. But I think people got it. You know, I brought oh. this old belt that I made when I was in high school, and uh, it was fun. I've seen that belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it's, think I've seen you know, that. it doesn't hold up now as well, <laughs> but, but it was it's pretty impressive ten years ago. Sure, it's held together by string. It's just a bunch of cardboard. Nobody. It actually is cardboard in the yeah. middle, but I put like black fabric over it, and wow. I don't even remember how I made it, but it was mm-hmm. it was a process. It was okay. A process. But it was cool. Um, we got you know there was a spacewalk there, or that's what we call them around here, mm-hmm. right? Or, a bouncy house? Yeah, there are different names for them, but I've always called them a spacewalk. But if you're wondering what I'm talking about, it's one of those things that you blow up and you get in and you can jump around and bounce mm-hmm. all over the place, right? You don't get in and then port? blow it up? I thought it was spacewalk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's what it's called. Yeah, some people call it airwalk. Sure. I've heard that. I've heard different things. But uh, that was that. It was it was good times, you know? We heard um, they were playing like the theme songs of the wrestlers and stuff like that. And it, was, mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun. Okay. Uh, what other kind of costumes did they have? There was uh, a couple, there was, I think there were two Hollywood Hulk Hogan's. There was uh, two Macho Man's, I think. Who was, was the, uh, just the underwear? That was uh, Ric Flair. Oh, well, he woo! had the, he had the, uh, <laughs> he also had a robe on. Uh-huh. He had the robe and stuff, but under he just had like the tights on. And okay. And stuff. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun. Now, of course, that, that wasn't my actual Halloween night. That was uh, like the weekend before. Now, Halloween night is also uh, my best friend Chad's birthday, so it was kind of like, yeah, I have to work really early the next morning, but I have to go out and do something because it's his birthday and it's Halloween. So there wasn't really any dressing up for that, but we just went to a bar and did live band karaoke, and I just brought my little, uh, another costume that I had worn years before was I actually have like a replica of the Michael Jackson, Billie Jean, like Motown 25 performance suit, you know, with the... The sequence jacket and the glove and the socks and everything. Yeah. Uh, but I just brought the glove in there with me just so I could have something. Uh, but it was pretty fun. It was pretty fun. Um, I, I have to admit, this wasn't my favorite Halloween. I mean, I had a lot of fun. But in terms of dressing up, um, previous years have kind of been better. Like last year, we did a theme where it was like X-Men. Mm-hmm. So everyone who went to the party was dressed up as a different X-Men. I saw a picture of that. Yeah, and I dressed up as Bishop. Yeah, and good. I really liked my costume. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like it was pretty good last time because it did took you a little bit that? more thought. Well, the only thing I really quote-unquote made mm-hmm. was the red scarf. Because okay. I just kind of cut that from a t-shirt that I had and I just kind of So you found a blue t-shirt bit. with a yellow stripe on it? Oh, no, no. I put, um, I had a, first of all, I had a blue, like, Under Armour type shirt on, so it was actually tight one, yeah. so it would look better. And I just put, like, yellow tape. Okay. I down. thought that's what it was yeah. probably. I thought that's probably what yeah. it was. Yeah. Like, it looks good mm. from a distance. From mm. close up, it kind of looked weird, but it, it looked, it, it I pulled it off. I it photographed good. well. That's what they say. It photographed well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you want to see that picture of me, if you go to my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Timberswater2, I actually have a picture of me in that bishop. Uh, outfit, and I'll post one from this year too for uh, my rock outfit, and maybe I'll put them on the Awesome Podcast Network page too. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, why not? But yeah, interesting Halloween there. Um, we'd like to hear about your stories of any. You know, we what we really would like to see is if the, those of you who I'm sure just completely geeked out on your costumes, we would love to see some of them. So share them with us, and if you want, we'll put them on our page and just kind of give you a little publicity on that. So go ahead and send us some pictures at geeklydose at gmail.com if you don't mind. Yeah. No nudie ones, though. 
No, we want nudie ones. I didn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fine. Only nudie ones. <laughs> okay, just a couple more things I want to mention is that I finally got around to getting the Avengers DVD. I'm like late. You got the like DVD or the Blu-ray? Blu-ray. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I still call it a Blu-ray. It's a Blu-ray DVD. Too. You didn't try to track down uh, like one of their box sets or anything? No, like the huge 10-disc one or whatever. No, there was no point in me getting that because I already own Iron Man and Thor and Captain America. The only one I didn't have was Iron Man 2. And I have the Incredible Hulk. Okay. So it's like there was no reason for me to get that. But I did get the Blu-ray um, two-disc thing. And, you know, I'm a little late, but I had to wait until I could spare some money to get it. So I watched it again last night. And can I just say that that movie's just the greatest? I mean, it's just, it's so much better, like, every time you watch it. You know what I mean? Like, I, amazing. But I talked about this before. I always hate when these companies don't put enough behind-the-scenes stuff on their fucking discs. It didn't have a lot of... Uh... No, and I hate that. It's like... You know, there's a little something like these little featurettes, but they're probably like it had the, know, it had six the, minutes a piece or something. It had the gag reel, though, right? Yeah, but that's only, what, four minutes? Yeah, no. And it's like a montage, and it's just, yeah. I don't get it. You make, like, the biggest film of the year, right? And arguably one of the biggest films of all time, hmm. and you don't put behind-the-scenes stuff on it? I don't... Can somebody tell me what process mm. they have to go through when they're thinking of that? You know, like what determines how much stuff they put on there? You were thinking probably how much stuff they filmed. But you know, they had to film a lot of stuff. For I, that. Know, I know. You know, like I wanted to see this whole segment on the making of the Hulk, mm. just that. And then, like, I mean, they, they didn't even have anything like that. So it's a huge letdown. Now there, there's also extended deleted scenes. I didn't get a chance to watch all of those. Um, so that stuff is cool, but man, you know. I was looking forward to just sitting back and killing a couple hours and watching a bunch of bonus footage and stuff. Not there. Sure. Not there. It sucks. But I got it. But speaking of the Avengers, something else that happened in between our last podcast and this one is the new trailer for Iron Man 3 was released. Yes, it was. And I got to say, it's looking pretty damn awesome. It's uh, impressive, to say the least. I I do notice that... uh, I'm getting more of like a, a darker feel yeah, from yeah, this yeah, movie. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I know Tony Stark tends to be more on the uh, the comedic side with his his personality and just you know the way he interacts with other characters. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting to to see that they didn't really play any of that up in the trailer at all. You know? No, no. It was it was it was very much just like oh his his house blows up and he's sad. Like mm-hmm. that's that's what the trailer was. It was him being sad. Do you think that sad Iron Man? No. Whether or not it had anything to do with the film itself, I doubt. But mm. this specific trailer, do you think the Dark Knight Rises had anything to do with that? The oh, tone the... of this trailer? I don't think so. Like it, I think it reminded me of that. Given, yeah, but I feel like given how successful everything else they've done so far has been, mm-hmm. I don't see why they would need to reference anything other than, you know, Avengers and Iron Man, you know, in terms of like tone. And, but, and it's I, not, but that's the thing about it. The tone of it is different from every other film. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that that's a coincidence. I mean, it seems like the stakes are really going to be raised in this film. Mm-hmm. And it just has that Dark Knight Rises vibe because, like, Tony's being personally attacked. Like, you see his house get blown up. Mm-hmm. You know, there's obviously going to be Pepper is going to be in a lot more danger in this one. It yeah. just seems like he's going to be broken more. Well, one like thing, Bruce Wayne was in The Dark Knight Rises. One thing I feel like... See, okay, so the main villain is, of course, going to be the Mandarin, played by Ben Kingsley, mm-hmm. right? Gandhi himself. <laughs> uh, and I, I feel like 
this is the first Iron Man that we're seeing where the main antagonist is actually a big threat even in the comics. You know, like you look mm-hmm. at the other villains from the first two Iron Man movies and you're like, all right, but they were kind of more on the B side of, right. of his villains roster. I mean, Mandarin is very much an A-list villain. You know, that's true. You know, so so He's I w- basically Iron Man's arch nemesis. Yeah, right? so uh, they would have to do a more serious story involving him. Oh no, yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, I feel like it was a natural uh, step to take. Sure. With this film, is to make things a little more serious because you know if you know Tony Stark's character, he's in, he goes through some dark points in his life with alcoholism and all these kinds of things. So mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting for them to take him. If out of all their characters, it seems like it's a better bet to go that route with him. Yeah. You know, to have a more of a darker thing. But it, it looks like it's going to be pretty awesome. Yeah. And one thing I like about the trailer, if you listen to Tony's narration at the beginning, you could tell it's very much like following the Avengers. Like, it doesn't feel like it's following Iron Man 2. Mm-hmm. It feels like it's following Avengers because he mentions after New York all this stuff. You know, like, yeah. like I like that, that it, they're, you know, I like that it feels like, oh, it's just one big story. It makes it seem more cohesive that way. I like that they did that. Of course, yeah. And mm-hmm. look for them to kind of mention, you know, New York and everything like that a little bit in there. I don't think they'll harbor on it for too long, but uh, they'll mention it. I mean, they kind of have to. Yeah, I mean, he saved the world. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that really kind of, I don't want to say bugs me, but kind of caught me off guard is we're assuming that that second voiceover is the Mandarin sure. talking. Um, but it's a very weird voice. Mm-hmm. Like it just doesn't sound like an ethnic Mandarin. It just kind of, once again, dark Knight rises. Let's make the Mandarin all distinguished sounding like um, Bane, you know, like what is that about? Well, I mean, I would imagine the Mandarin would was the Mandarin dis- actually like Chinese in the, uh, in the comic. I guess he was Mandarin. No, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know it's his name, but like, in, in these films, but he's it seems not like, he's like more in the comics, Middle Eastern. In the know? comics, he was never like poor. Like I don't see why he wouldn't be distinguished. Here's my question: Does it sound like Ben Kingsley to you? Not at all. I know. I didn't feel like it. Doesn't, doesn't sound, sound like, like ben him Kingsley either. Whatsoever. Like he's he's putting on a, a deeper voice than usual. Yeah, you know? I don't know. I just it, it's weird now with these. Maybe voices. it wasn't him. Maybe. Maybe it wasn't because we're assuming that it was. I mean, who else will be talking about that kind of stuff? I guess, but mm-hmm. we don't know. Because we don't know who else. Maybe is yeah, another bad guy that they just haven't revealed. Could be because there, there's, there's rumors that there are other um, guys like they cast, they cast some guy, and it would, they were talking about him being another one of the villains. I don't remember who, mm-hmm. but uh, of course, and also we get it, we get to look at War Machine, but he's wearing like the Star uh, Spangled type, which was actually a different character in the comics. Um, I forgot what his name was. Iron, Iron Patriot. Patriot. Yeah. yeah, but they just kind of combined Iron Patriot with War Machine and. They kind of kind of getting that out of it, but hey, that was Norman Osborn in the comics. It was, and that explains that because obviously Norman Osborn can't be in an Iron no. Man film right now. No. Uh, well, you know, I, we didn't plan to talk about this, but since you mentioned Norman Osborn, for one thing, Amazing Spider-Man is coming out on DVD like next week or something yes. like that. Yeah, yeah pick mm-hmm. that up. But there's rumors. What? Maybe it's not a rumor. Maybe mm-hmm. it's actually confirmed. I know where you're going with this. They're talking to right. Jamie Foxx about, about Electro. playing Electro yes. in Amazing Spider-Man too. I think that's uh, very interesting. First of all, I love Electro mm-hmm. as a as a character and a villain. I think that uh, that he's really cool. He's got great powers, and it seems he would be a more serious threat. And it seems like a natural progression when you look at all of the Spider-Man films, even the ones that you know, like the uh, the three Sam Raimi ones. You look at like the villains that they've used, like you know, yeah, let's bring in Electro. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Jamie Foxx would be an interesting choice. You know, 
I, sure. I don't have a problem with it. I mean, you know, he's he's gotten to a point now where he's pretty good and everything that he's in. Yeah. So I don't mind that. Now, It'd be interesting to any... see if he's like, how dark can he play? Yeah. Or if he'll be dark at all. Maybe he'll be more of a goofy type of Electro or something. I don't know. But if we're assuming that it, that was Electro in that post credit scene right. in part one, then that very scene, that seems like a darker version. Sure. Uh, and there was the lightning strikes. Right. During the whole thing. So there were there were those theories that that was actually Electro. It seems like that might be true, but we still don't know. Um, of course, you're going to have your inevitable complaints about the fact that Max Dillon has always been white. Yeah. That complaint's definitely not going to come from me. <laughs> but you know some people will complain about that kind of stuff. But I would hope that they would be a little more easy on it because it's not like, you know, if if you made like, the Joker into mm. a black guy or something, then I could see people complaining maybe. But Electro's not really that big. Yeah, of a you have to you have to, the, you have to understand there are people who will literally c- like complain vocally that a character has the wrong eye color. Sure, I mean they do so that all this, the time. This, <laughs> like yeah, people are going to complain about it. I don't know <laughs> why, uh-huh. but I mean it will happen. Yeah. I mean I, it'll be hard to not come off as racist when they do it. But <laughs> <laughs> they don't care. The internet and be completely anonymous about <laughs> That's it. right. But uh, yeah, so we'll definitely be following up on that as we get more from it. And there's a lot of interesting things to look forward to in terms of all this stuff. Iron Man 3, Amazing Spider-Man 2, Man of Steel is coming out in a couple months. Mm-hmm. It's going to be an interesting time. Going all right along with interesting things, we're going to shift over to the movie segment now. Talk about what is just got to be the most shocking Personally, I had no idea that there were this was even in the works. I don't think too many people did. They they obviously didn't want anyone to know about it until yeah. it was finalized, yeah. right? Yeah. Of course, we are talking about Disney mm-hmm. purchasing Lucasfilm. Yeah, for which this. of course is George Lucas's company mm-hmm. for four billion dollars. Four point right? oh three billion to be 4. precise. Three billion dollars, yeah. and now Disney owns the rights to all the Star Wars characters, stories, mm-hmm. etc. Not just that, though. Because they purchased the whole package, the whole shebangabang, they also own the rights to Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. They own not only Lucasfilm but Skywalker Sound and Industrial Light and Magic. You know the fact that they own ILM is mm-hmm. like not that they needed it. <laughs> but yeah, all, they don't need. It. Right, it's like goodness, that is so much talent under like one roof. Now. I know. Like, I know. what kind of films will they come out with now? That is amazing. Uh, but. Also, which is, I guess, even more important than that, is mm-hmm. that they've announced that they're actually going to make more Star Wars films. That's right. They, in the same uh, press release, I suppose, announcing that they purchased all of this awesome stuff, they announced uh, that they wanted to do a Star Wars Episode Seven, mm-hmm. and then have a new Star Wars film come out every other year. For how long? They were talking about... Even at least a trilogy. Like, right, at the very least. But yeah. they were even talking about beyond that. Yeah. Well, I know there there, there are rumors. Uh, I forget his name, but uh, this person wrote a biography on George Lucas uh, a mm-hmm. couple years ago. And he said that uh, when he was at the ranch, Skywalker Ranch, uh, you know, he kind of saw some confidential things that he had to sign waivers about not talking about. But one of which was the fact that they technically planned the Star Wars saga out to be at least 12 episodes. Yeah, I've also... And that was something I knew about a long time ago because I don't think it was ever a secret. Uh, George Lucas himself, I think, had referenced that a couple times. He's yeah. just He had always planned to make like 12 films but never got around to it. Um, obviously, 
the huge backlash from the prequel trilogy mm-hmm. probably had a lot to do with that. And now, of course, the next question is everyone's wondering where exactly are these new films going to take place, you know? Yeah. Well, I know. And there was a lot of, like, rumors and, like, people online, like, just going crazy trying to figure it out. Everybody was talking about the different, you know, books that have come out and, you know, the games and all the things that that people see having take place after episode uh, six. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people online were, were scrambling for, uh, I think it's called, like, the Thrawn trilogy. But it was it's a trilogy of books that take place five years after... Uh, Return of the Jedi that's supposed to be like really awesome introduce mm-hmm. a lot of characters like Mary Jade and everything but then uh, not like two days after the annou- announcing that they bought the company Disney said that they wanted the movies to be completely original stories mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. so that just kind of cuts out everything that yeah. has been written or done before and I had always assumed I mean I assumed first of all what was your immediate reaction when you heard about it my immediate was reaction was if they do episode seven and it takes place far enough into the future, our actors are old enough to play the same characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Carrie Fisher might have to drop a couple pounds, but <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, I, and and then I thought Everyone's like been wanting to say that, you know, and then yeah. I thought logically like. You know, every, their careers, like, they could do this, you know. The only person Harrison, who's going to be, no, he's going to be like, fuck this, I don't want to Well, do yeah, it. I know. But then you look at the fact that he did Indiana Jones, and he's talking about doing more of those movies. Uh, that's true. I, I can see him being that's Han Solo again. But in all fairness, I think the most likely character to actually return would be an older uh, Luke, Luke Skywalker. Of course. I wouldn't have a problem with him being more on the like Ben Kenobi side where he's older and wiser Mm -hmm. and actually having the movie focus on other characters. I know a lot of people are like, no, it has to like they don't want it too disjointed Mm -hmm. and it still has to be about the Skywalkers. And I mean, technically, it can still be about the Skywalkers because in the books, even though these might not count anymore, Mm -hmm. uh, Luke had a kid. Yeah, he had kids. So Mm -hmm. it could happen. Yeah. Um. My immediate reaction when I heard about it was, first of all, I was like, what the fuck? I know. It's completely by surprise. (laughs) Four billion. But secondly, I was like, I like this idea. Yeah. I became more and more excited about it. I mean, you think about the fact that Disney bought Marvel a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. And look at the Amazing Avengers movie that we got out of it. True. So I don't see see them screwing everything up. I mean... But at the same time, you also have to look at some of the more recent like Disney movies. As as long as they don't do another Prince of Persia, I think everybody will be happy. <laughs> yeah. And the, I, I think, but the thing about Avengers is, is that I, I, you know, don't quote me on this, but I feel like a part of Marvel Studios' deal with Disney is mm-hmm. that okay, you own us, but you don't run us. Exactly. Like they still, they're like, we still do our shit our oh, way. Yeah. And if you, you just are our, you know, we'll just give you money. Yeah. And if you actually look closely at the the Skywalker deal, uh, the Lucasfilm deal, you'll notice that George isn't completely gone. He's still on as a uh, creative consultant. Yeah. And the actual new president of Lucasfilm is uh, the co-chairman of the board uh, that was already working with Lucas. Because I know he went on uh, record as saying he wants Star Wars to, you know, live to outlive him like he wants it to keep going even when Mm -hmm. he's not around and he feels like the best way for that to happen is for him to oversee the transition himself while he is around yeah and i mean i think that's perfectly fair i don't i don't mind mind any of this at all he you know (laughs) there's a lot of mixed emotions about those prequel movies yeah uh i feel like most people hate them sure 
I, I don't. Know. I strongly dislike them. I don't hate them. I mean, the only one I really don't like that much is the f- episode one. I mm-hmm. I can deal with episode two, and I thought episode three was actually kind of good. Episode three was the best out of the three. Yeah. Um. So it, it, it's weird because normally in a situation like this, you hear about a a property basically being not you know i'm gonna say taken away it wasn't mm. taken or sold or whatever from the creator and that's normally a bad thing <laughs> but for this everyone's like you know something no. george lucas has kind of been mishandling these movies for years I mean, you think about like so, imagine what someone other than lucas writing and directing a star wars movie like what they could do with it mm-hmm. i i think it's actually a, a really a, a good prospect sure yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, i don't know about them having a new one every year or every whatever, other year that. Yeah, it sounds like overkill to me. Well, I know. I, don't, I wouldn't want them to kill it either. But I also feel like if they say they're going to do another trilogy, I don't want them to do like what, the, what Lucas did with the prequels, which was a new movie every like five years. That was way too drawn out, in my That's opinion. True. That's true. Like you, if they do another trilogy every other, like do a movie every other year, I can see them then after that third movie waiting a while before they jump into Something episode like 10. More. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot. It's just funny. Like I think the most surprising thing about the story is that after all this time, George Lucas remained the sole owner of all of his companies. That is pretty amazing. And so when it was Most bought... people would have sold that shit a long yeah, time ago. Um, or at least, <laughs> like, you know, divvied up the shares to, like, a, a board of directors. But George Lucas remained the sole owner of all these companies. And so when Disney bought it for $4 billion, it was kind of George Lucas himself getting $4 billion. You know, like... Right. It wasn't... I mean... Yeah, I mean, basically what it was. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, I understand that the deal was, like, he got... I think he got half, and the other half was divvied up, like to buy the shares, and to, like, and yeah, I know they forty million shares. Of I Disney. know they went on record saying that uh, no one was gonna lose their job because of this like shift in management, which is also good because that means that well, you know, all these people are still gonna have their jobs, still working on the yeah. same things they've been working on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also know that Lucas himself said that the majority of the money was gonna go to like charitable charities and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, and that was, cause honestly, one of the first things I was thinking was that what the hell's he gonna do with that money? It's not like he needs it. No, you know, not It's at not all. like he needs like four extra billion dollars. No. So you <laughs> know him selling this has nothing to do with money. Yeah. So no one can be like, oh, George Lucas is selling out his own company. No, no. He's rich as fuck anyway. He's not even keeping so most of you it. Know, right. So you know it's more so about, mm-hmm. I want this legacy to live on beyond me with more films expanded. The fans have always been wanting it. Maybe it can kind of be raced and wash the bad taste of the other films out of some people's mouths. Yeah. And uh, I think it's, like, it's an awesome thing. There is one thing I, uh, I feel like addressing that maybe not a lot of people are talking about. Uh but I know that Star Wars fans are probably thinking about, which is the uh, the fate of the Star Wars Clone Wars cartoon that currently airs on Cartoon Network. Is there a huge concern about that? Now? There actually is a huge concern about that. While they've uh, they've wrapped up, I believe, the fifth season, and they're about to start the sixth season, something like that. All I know is uh, Cartoon Network, of course, is owned by Time Warner, which uh, also owns DC Comics. And I know that when the, uh, the Marvel... Uh, and Disney deal went down. That was part of the reason to why Spectacular Spider-Man cartoon got canceled and why mm-hmm. they, they went in and started the new cartoon. And so a lot of people feel like while the Clone Wars cartoon won't be canceled because of this, it will probably move to a different network mm-hmm. and it won't be on Cartoon Network anymore. And the most likely uh, new home for it would be Disney XD because they've also announced uh, that they want to do another Star Wars cartoon on Disney XD as well. And I also know 
that Seth Green uh, and one of his partners has actually uh, sold a pilot for a new Star Wars cartoon to air on wow, an really? unspecified Disney Seth channel. Green, huh? Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be more on the comedic side. Yeah. But uh, but be... still, because of all this, it leads a lot of people to believe that uh, the fate of Star Wars, the Clone Wars on Cartoon Network, that is probably going to move to a different channel. Well, I, I mean, I, I guess it's not a huge problem unless you don't have Disney XD, which most people probably don't. I know. That's very so, strange. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess it will be uh, a big problem there. I haven't really watched that show much. Uh, but I'm just thinking about all of the new stuff that can come out of this now. Like, you mm-hmm. know, um, I've always... You know, when we were talking about, you know, everyone's looking at potential, you know, where's this, what's the source material going to be for these new movies? And of course, they basically said, we'll come up with our own stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, we're not going to really worry about any of the expanded fiction and stuff like that. Uh, I always thought the Force Unleashed video game storyline would make a cool movie. Mm-hmm. Um, just going to throw that out there. I mean, I know they're not going to do that because that, that would mean bringing Vader back. And I, I just don't, of course, they're going to reference him, right? Sure. Uh, that brings me to a question I want to ask actually both you guys. Mm-hmm. What do we want to see in an episode seven? What do we want to see? What would you like to see? Um, I don't see. There's so much about Star Wars that I love. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen these movies so many times. Uh, I love Jedi's. I love force lightsaber stuff. The Sith are always cool. I love the space combat that they always have with the ships. I love the bounty hunters. I love everything about it. So, I mean, obviously you're going to get a little bit of all of that because Uh you always do with all of the movies. Uh Uh, As for where the story would go, I feel like it would be cool to see an older Luke, uh, once again played by Mark Hamill. I'm sure he wouldn't have a problem doing it, as opposed to some of the other actors from those movies. Uh, I don't know how much they would take from this, but I know technically Palpatine comes back in the expanded fiction. And I know that in, according to the expanded fiction that, uh, in the movies that we have, that's not even his original body. So obviously there has to be Mm. some sort of like Sith presence for them to have to battle against. Of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, as for where it would come from, I don't know. One thing that I think would be very interesting is the fact that, okay, so they blow up the second death star and everybody celebrates that, you know, okay, if you blow up a military base, the entire government doesn't copple, topple yeah. immediately, <laughs> you know. So, obviously, the Empire is still kind of going to have some sort of hold mm-hmm. on parts of the galaxy, no matter how many well, bases they Well, that was their Washington, D.C. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, that doesn't mean the government's gone forever. Right. So, I think, I think what we'll probably have is a movie dealing with the remnants of the Empire and how to separate, you know, their control and give it back to the quote-unquote rebels, you know. Right, you kind of want to see, like, the rebuild of, like, the Senate and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, the Federation and, and stuff. Yeah. Um, I think the storytelling in Seven is going to be a lot different. I think it'll... I think it will be. I think it will be too. I think. I think I'll like it. I think it'll be better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I they mean, have a chance to go darker and, strangely enough, more political. Uh, yeah, but it's going to feel completely different. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, as much as we love the other Star Wars films, a lot of stuff is just kind of, like, pretty straightforward, yeah. typical, it feels you know, like, epic adventure. And this happened? And this happened? When you look at what they did with the prequels, everything they did was very much to build up to episode six. Everything in all of those movies just builds and builds and builds to episode six. To like, the point to where it felt convenient and suffered because of it. In some yeah, ways. so, you know, they kill the, emp- the Emperor, they blow up the Death Star, and everybody celebrates on the various planets. Built up so, the Ewoks. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see, 
you know, like, well, what happens after that? Like, th- like if that is the peak, there has to be a fall, you know, like that you... You can't just keep building up to something else because that was what they built up. They built up to. It's gonna mm-hmm. be an all Ewok animated movie. I think we well, had that again. already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be another live action Ewok movie. But you know something, and then a probably, Christmas special. They're probably gonna do all that shit anyway. You know, like oh. in addition to these three yeah. Star Wars movies, what else will we get? You know, oh, I'm sure Chewbacca's spinoff sitcom. I think it'll be interesting to see if uh, this revives the long rumored live action TV show. Uh, starring Boba Fett. See, I've heard that that's now in sort of limbo now because, because of this of it. deal. Yeah, maybe. Because Disney's kind of like, well, we don't know if we really wanted to do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was something I was putting into into motion before they bought it. Mm-hmm. So now they're kind of like, anything that's in limbo, it's just in limbo now. My yeah. thing, though, is mm-hmm. like, as somebody that loves video games, obviously I have to think, well, how is this going to affect all of our Star Wars games that mm-hmm. come out? And I have to say that not all of the games Disney produces are that great, but then not all the games that Lucas has been producing have been that great either. Not at all. So we could either get like a couple of crappy video games to come out of this, or maybe finally a really, really good one. I don't know. Yeah, maybe they'll just leave it rent. to Bioware to yeah. just keep just like rent out the, their... the video game license to some external company. Yeah, you know, both Disney and Lucasfilm need to stay away from making video games. <laughs> <laughs> but I've I've heard that this is not going to affect Star Wars. What is it, thirteen, thirteen? I think. The, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've heard it's not going to affect that. Yeah. Uh, which I'm very looking forward to playing that. Uh, but I guess what I would like to see in an episode seven would be just a little refresher of the older movies. But I don't want like a direct continuation or anything. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to necessarily see. And this is going to sound weird, but I don't I don't know if I really want to see C3PO and R2D2 and stuff again. Well, it's it's funny like, I because I want like new people and characters. You, it's now. funny when you look at all six you know? movies, like what ties all six movies together right. is R2, C3PO and Anakin. Mhm. You know, they're the only three characters technically in all in of them. All of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the Emperor uh, skipped episode uh, 4. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see if they don't have the droids right i i don't know it's just and, and, and then again it kind of depends on how far in the future they want this to take place yeah like um i i did i didn't get a chance to read this but i did my eye kind of latched on to this article that says something about this film was kind of going to focus around luke skywalker mm-hmm. now that was probably just a rumor i don't know uh which i wouldn't mind that at all but it can't can't be all about him, right? Yeah. He's got to have a child or something, because you know they have to bring in the new blood and the the young, fresh faces and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. Um. So it's interesting yeah. To I see don't how see them. I don't see them doing a movie focusing on the old actors. <laughs> no, not at you all. know. It's like I just like don't passing see passing the torch, just like Ghostbusters. I, you know? I feel like if they want this movie to make a lot of money, it has to appeal to younger kids. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, you know, for merchandising reasons. Hopefully especially. not too young because well, then they'll yeah, get a repeat of episodes one and two. I know. But I just don't, that. I don't see them focusing on the old characters. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like they'll introduce new characters and then uh, by the time they get to the next, next trilogy, it'll just be them, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. I mean, if Luke's in there, he's gonna be he's gonna very much be like you said, like an like an Obi Wan Kenobi, yeah. like older, wise, sage Yoda. He'll be like the new Yoda because Yoda's will be gone mm-hmm. and all that. You know, I mean, not they're never completely gone. That's the question: Are, are we gonna get more uh, more ghosts? <laughs> be all ghosts? <laughs> of course we are. Just more ghosts. 
course. We'll have a Luke ghost later. We'll yeah. have uh they could have the Obi-Wan ghost, obviously. <laughs> Hayden Christensen can be Vader ghost again since they forced he him into episode six. There's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> a lot of ghosts. Eventually, we're just going to have a movie of all ghosts. Just a ghost movie. Ghost. Ghost. I'd watch that <laughs> That's right. They'll, they'll make pottery. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I just want, I want, I want new characters. Like, I feel like I just want some new stuff, you know, um, just all new like don't don't go off the fan this the 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 expanded fiction just i mean pick characters that already exist in the universe to some extent um but don't follow any already written storyline but you know the people they're going to be clamoring for characters to come back you know like oh we haven't seen boba fett in so long you know like they're going to be clamoring for oh we got to see luke with more lightsaber action technically in the in the fan fiction he didn't die or what? Not the fan fiction. Which, the you know, yeah, fan yeah. Fiction. He lived yeah. in. Sarlacc yeah, he like came thing. outside of the Sarlacc or whatever and yeah. flew away. But like, like set off a thermal uh, detonator. To me, he's dead. Okay, because I didn't read the books. Okay. So don't don't bring him back. <laughs> Give us a new bounty hunter. You know, it would be very interesting to see who they do bring back. Is it pretty? Is it pretty inevitable and in that it's going to be based around a Jedi? Oh, we're pretty much expecting that, right? Yeah. I would say. Or so. is there a chance that we can actually see one that revolves around? you know, a Sith or just someone else. Yeah, you know? Maybe like the new evil, you know, just some other one, some other person. The fact that they call it seven throws uh-huh. me off. If they said a new star Wars movie is coming out, no, it's going to be episode seven. I know that's the thing. Yeah. If they just said a new one's coming out and like just started a whole new saga is in the same universe or something. Oh no, they're well, definitely, yeah, they call it a seven. So we, we know we're going to get some remnants of the previous uh, mm-hmm. six mm-hmm. films. It's just hard to tell what that's going to be right now. I mean, no one really has an idea, but, you know, we don't have long to wait to find out. Apparently Because uh, apparently it's set for 2015 release. I know, the same year as Avengers 2 and Justice League. Isn't that something? (laughs) Now, if it's the same summer, I'm going to be like, I'm going to have to save up money just to go to the theater that I think Disney will be smart to not have Avengers and Star Wars at the same time. They They don't want to compete with themselves. No, they're not going to do that. (laughs) You know, they'll put one out, and when that's out of theaters, they'll put the other one out, and they'll just make a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, So I feel like uh, the real loser is DC with Justice League. They're going to have an uphill battle. They're going to get their asses spanked in 2015. They're going to have to compete against either one. You know, like, there's no not competing against either of them. It's going to be one or the other. It's true. And, and, you know, and that's just... I think, you know, we've also got, like, Ant-Man, and I think they just greenlit a Doctor Strange film and stuff, so... Disney is just going to be raking it in. Yeah. They're going to be raking it in, and there's just no other company that can really stand up to that. But as long as they keep making good films, I don't give a shit. But if I had to make a suggestion, I would say that this new trilogy is the perfect opportunity to have an African-American main protagonist in your films. Come on, Disney, Marvel, Tim Bridgewater for Jedi 2015. This is my campaign. I'm announcing it my candidacy right now. Hey, look, I want to be the main character in this. If film. they just announce they want to do this, and they've got the oh, date so set, you don't care that it's an African man. You just want it to be you. I'm just, look, all I'm saying <laughs> well, is look, a little bit of both. They announced they're going to do this. They've got a date set. Obviously, they're saying it's going to be original story, which means they don't have the, the script fully fleshed out either. Mm-hmm. There is time for you to audition. There is. I got to get. There are no actors now. signed up yet. Yeah, they probably won't even cast these characters, this, these roles, until like 2014 or something. Oh yeah. Know. Well, no, I take that back. That's a, that's a bit yeah it'll be nice how about an Asian anything <laughs> oh, wow there were no Asians in there I can't think of one 
Well, some of them may have been, but they may have been like under makeup and prosthetics. <laughs> they, oh, well, yeah, they rounded true. out their eyes. Just <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, it's this like, guy <laughs> looks a little too Asian. Can we CG him to be like less Asian? I guess we did. Just, just put like the we, fish eye effect on his eyes. Can we CG a white face on him? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know. I'm pretty sure Lando's uh, co-pilot in the Falcon was a Mexican alien, but I'm not really too sure. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, don't quote me on that, though. In the original, yeah. Jar Jar was actually an Asian man. Oh, and then okay. they just CG'd Jar Jar over him completely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's something to keep in They're mind. Like, this though, guy's like... too Asian. What can we do? Right. I'll just make him into an alien Jar Jar thing. All right. Yeah. We're, we're, you know, we're, we're joking around about it, but... That's something that Disney may want to actually take into consideration is kind of having a more, you know, multicultural cast. Sure. You know, because we got Sam Jackson and Billy D. Williams, but that was pretty much, I think that was about it on the African-American side. I think the, oh, yeah. Well, um, in the prequels, there was also the uh, the captain. I don't remember his name because he was not important. See, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. We need, but we he was black. But the yes. black man. <laughs> So yeah, I would like to see something like that. You know, make it make it get some Asians and and, and, and African Americans and and Caucasians in there. It doesn't matter. I think it'll be interesting yeah. if they have like a main character that's not a human, like with like scenes and and a story and and, oh, and everything. Yeah. See, that's kind of what I was because they at. always have aliens, but they're always side characters. Like mm-hmm. even the other members of the council, like the Jedi Council, like yeah. they're all they're none of them are human, but we don't know anything. It would about be very them. interesting to see that, although we never will. No, because you know they always have to, they always have to tie it into like human characters in these kinds of films. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's get some more diversity in there. Mm-hmm. So that's something I'd like to see in episode. I want to. I, I not only want to yeah. see multicultural. I want to see uh, interspecies. Love story. Mingling? Yeah, an interspecies love story. I mean, you know, someone out, some human out there has a thing for Wookiees. Like, sure. it, it's got to, it's got to happen. Oh, man. Yeah, think... half, half human, half Wookiee. <laughs> a hookie, that's what we'll call it. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if biologically hookie. they could produce a child, but that doesn't mean they can't fall in love. I mean, love. are they... Are they even humans anyway? Like, you know. Oh, yeah. I they're know. just, they look like humans, but we don't know what they but really from, are in that universe. Yeah, they're all time point. lords. There, I, I tied it I tied it all <laughs> in a nice bow. Okay, well, I mean, is there anything to take away from this is that we're all pretty excited about this. I think the world uh, is excited. Yeah, and we'll see where it goes. We'll see what happens. Of course, we'll, cl- we'll follow it closely. We all have our concerns and stuff, but it can't get any worse than the last three, right, everyone? No. So, oh, oh, uh, he's doomed don't, it. Yeah, don't jinx it, man. Oh, I'll take that back. Let's edit that out. I'll just rewind. You still <laughs> said it. It'll be interesting to see. They, they own the rights to Indiana Jones, too, and if they make another one... I don't really care about Is that. it going to be as bad as the last? I like Indiana Jones. I have to say, I don't really give a damn about the Indiana Jones franchise. The last oh, one just kind of killed my, my, uh, Your buzz? my care about it. Okay. What about the other ones? I love the other ones. All right, we'll just focus on that. <laughs> yeah, don't think about it. Well, yeah. I mean, come on now. Like, how old is is Harrison? When Ford? I talk about my Star Wars love, I don't think about Episode One. True. It's just, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. I take that back. <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing Indiana Jones, but you know, you know, they're gonna pass it off to something, and that would mean seeing Shia LaBeouf as it. Ooh, do you and th- I like Shia LaBeouf, but just not in that. I just movie. had a weird like image in my head of. Uh, like in episode seven, them trying to tie everything together and having like CGI younger versions of the characters. It's true. They can now do that. Too. Yeah. That's, that's, that's interesting. 
They could always just just have uh, have like Luke, like, like be like twenty nine or yeah, something, and just and like pick up from there. Like a mocap suit and him doing voice in the studio, and just he's young. I like that mm-hmm. idea. At least at the very least for like flashbacks and stuff. Yeah, just to kind of show us what what, has what happened to him before he got to that age, and then they could kind of have that CG thing. Yeah, they could do that. They didn't try on Legacy. Yeah, they did, and that, I think that came out really good. Yeah, why not? Um, it'll be interesting to see, like you said, like how far apart the movies are timeline wise. Because you look at episode three and episode four, and Luke goes from baby to twenty. You know, like mm-hmm. so. Yeah, they could jump ahead in the future. Why not? Why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Well, we'll keep our eyes peeled for more news on that. As always, you want to share your thoughts with us, email us at geeklydose at gmail.com. Let us know what you think about this whole Star Wars Disney thing. We're getting to see some interesting, amazing things in our lifetime. You guys realize that? I mean, assuming that we're still alive by the time. Oh, we'll we'll die. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So at this point, uh, we're going to switch on over and go into preview review. And we're going to check out this Universal Soldier uh, trailer thingy. Yeah. Yes, it is a Universal Soldier trailer thingy. Mm-hmm. It's Day of Reckoning. Starring uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, of course. And Dolph Lundgren. And Dolph Lundgren. This yes. is a foreign film. Yeah. Though I expect <laughs> subtitles we when need. I'm in the theater. <laughs> yes. Because you can't understand. Like, you have two main characters who can't speak a lick of English. <laughs> it would be very interesting. It's funny, when you look at Van Damme's career, I feel like his English got worse as, as, as it progressed. Okay, I can see that. I you know, that. so at this point, he's. I just feel like he's going to just be making up words. Well, that, that, <laughs> I'm sure that's why they put Scott Adkins in there, because he's just, I'm pretty sure he's American, so. Well, you need somebody to he's be He's the to, translator. <laughs> you need somebody to, like, to have the dialogue that carries the movie, because it's not the, the other two. <laughs> right. So based on the... Uh, the Universal fact that it exists. Soldier name <laughs> yeah. and the two leads... Uh-huh. Trailer failure or teaser pleaser? We don't have anything more than that. We don't have a, a summary or anything. I don't what think more do you need yeah. than Universal Soldier? <laughs> well, it's, it's just very <laughs> tricky because I'm not sure which in this film case, this is in the in the franchise. Like what number they made? Doesn't it matter. <laughs> well, it would it would kind of matter. All I know is there was Universal Soldier, right? And then I think there was another one before Universal Soldier: The Return, which didn't have Dolph Lundgren because it had uh, uh, Michael Jai White. Oh, and Goldberg. Right, right, right. And then after that, they did another Universal Soldier that actually had Van Damme and Dolph Lundgren. So now they're doing. So this has to be the fourth movie. Yeah. Looks like it is. Uh, uh, let's see. No, it is the, like the sixth movie. Oh. Wow. Wow. Yes. Regeneration. We... I forgot all about that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no. Been... That, was the, that was the last see, one. See, the part I two am... and part three were direct to video. So I, I apparently could... didn't know about Unfinished Business. That's Universal Soldier. Yeah, I didn't know about either of those two seconds, but it says here that Regeneration was the third official Mm -hmm. film in the in the series. They just kind of disregarded the others. So you're correct with an asterisk. Okay, (laughs) Booyaka. In any case, uh, based on my knowledge of all of the previous movies, uh, this movie's gonna suck. So trailer failure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah. I there's just. There's just nothing to really convince me that this movie's going to be good. You know, I mean, I like the first one, but of course that was the first one that had a huge budget and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, these guys aren't exactly making the biggest, the best films lately. So 
There's I, really, you know what? Really no I reason. threw away my uh, necklace of ears long ago. <laughs> so I, I just, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to be feeling it. Don't know if I'm going to be feeling it. Yeah. Well, some people listening to this right now have already watched it. Big Universal Soldier fans who mm-hmm. watched it on VOD, which it debuted October 25th. Mm-hmm. You can find it in your theaters November 30th, 2012. Are you I always guys find ready? That, I always find that interesting when, like, nowadays when you see movies, especially, like, smaller ones that come out for, like, purchase and download mm-hmm. before they have any sort of theatrical release yeah. or, like, a DVD release. Like, well, you could buy it on iTunes, but it'll also be in theaters next week. Like, I always find that interesting strategy. Yeah, it makes you wonder what goes into that yeah. thought process. Because hmm. I'm seeing that a lot more lately. Might have something to do, well... I know with books, like to get on that New York bestseller list, all your pre-orders count towards your first week of sales. Mm-hmm. Mm. So people start pre-ordering two years before they actually have the release date of the book. And so that way they open up on the New York mm. bestseller list. Oh, that's interesting. Now maybe that has some That's kind what of I have to do with my first book. All right. There you go. Pre-orders <laughs> start tomorrow. <laughs> it hasn't a, been written. For a book that I don't even know what it's about. But even you, Nocentelli, untitled. You email us at geeklydose at gmail.com, I will accept your pre-order and your money. And usually <laughs> when they do that, they sell them cheap. It's like $5. Oh, but yeah. But when the release comes, it's 20 bucks. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I'm going to stick with trailer failure. Um, I would ask who the director is, but I'm sure it doesn't matter. But who cares, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's do it. So this is Day of Reckoning. Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning. I'm trying to get the directed by John, John Hyams, Hyams, who doesn't even who, have a Wikipedia page. <laughs> He's got so the that, red link. That explains that. <laughs> uh, you gotta love the red link. Yeah. Oh, oh the wow. you have to love when the director, the two producers, and the three writers all have red links on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> Red Link losers. <laughs> oh my goodness! Even like the the guy who made the music. Yep. Okay. Yep. Red uh, Link trailer failure. I'm sorry. Scott. Oh, scroll down. I want to see budget. I want to see the budget. Eleven point five million. Yeah, and that's not bad. And I was expecting to have a it, to have a decent budget. I, you mm-hmm. know, that's not a surprise. Uh, Interesting. Interesting. But you know, I would hope that it would just be good for action purposes. But I don't, I'm not even really... Because Scott Atkins, man. Scott Atkins is pretty good. That dude knows his, his, his martial arts. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe he'll give us a little something to work with in this film. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe. <laughs> Let's find out in this trailer for Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning. Brothers, let's not forget the moment of sickness. Ah! Nah! Interrupted by unfamiliar voices. Daddy, there's monsters in the house. We were merely arms and legs, moving to the direction of another mind. You ever wonder how many of these types of uh, throwback action movies are gonna get greenlit just because of Expendables? Like Expendables yeah. work. Let's let's do something else. You know. Yeah. Wait for another missing in action. Seek vengeance on your oppressors. Okay, okay, apparently this one is going to be a horror film. Too. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Freedom is yours. Takes place in a warehouse. They have a bald Jean-Claude Van Damme. Your memories. Sure. They give you pain. 
Well, you know, when you start aging, the, the easiest way to look younger is to shave your head. That's true. Once you start losing your hair. I learned that from Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> true. Yeah, this looks like a damn horror film. This might make it better. <laughs> like Saw meets Universal Soldier. Well, the fighting definitely has a visceral feel. Well, if you're epileptic, don't watch the trailer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> say that. <laughs> say that now. I have to apologize to the listeners wow. after playing that one. <laughs> I, I was going to say something about like not understanding what the plot would be for this movie, but then I don't think I know the plot of any of the movies. Well, no, they, they explained it. It's punch, punch, kick, kick, <laughs> yeah. shoot, shoot, crash, lots of, crash. Lots of blood. That's the plot. Hmm. Good plot. So, what do you guys think? I got to be honest. I kind of want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because... Oh, of, it did its job. Well, it, it's... it's because it's so different. Like, the whole... It looks like a horror film. You know what I mean? Like, who... I was not expecting that at all. And that it's is enough that you're going to see I know. You're going to go that's in and point, that's not though, what right? you're going to get. I don't know. Yep. I don't know. And the action did look cool. Um, I'm going to say teaser pleaser. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Comments. My fucking eyes. <laughs> 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 Epilepsy. Uh, one word. Seizure. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna say teaser pleaser because it's it doesn't. I mean, I don't think there's anything that looked bad about that. Mm -hmm. I actually think the fact that it is a different that trailer had a different tone than what I was expecting at all mm -hmm. is makes it kind of interesting, you know. Like it makes me more intrigued to see the film to see how the tone of the film is. I'm not saying I'm going to watch it <laughs> because <laughs> I haven't seen the other ones either. Uh, you know, but, well, from this, I don't think that a you have to see the other ones, <laughs> and b that this this isn't exactly going to have people scrambling to find the other ones to watch. <laughs> uh, I'm sticking with Trail of Failure. I yeah, that's, I think you're sticking with a good one. Yeah, I don't. I mean, come on, really? I, I like I said, that kind of makes me want to see the film. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to base <laughs> it on the other movies mm -hmm. that I haven't seen. I'm gonna base it on this, okay? And that seems like, have you ever seen a horror martial arts movie? Shit, I've never seen that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's intriguing. To All me. right, you've got me there. I'm, you know what? If by there's the, a serial killer going around and there are people like fighting martial arts and stuff, that sounds new the, to me. By the next episode, <laughs> I, uh, by the next time we record a Geekly Dose. I will have an answer to if there are other horror martial arts movies. <laughs> <laughs> I will look. Well, it's available it right like. now if you wanted to watch it. It costs more money, though. I'm sure on iTunes you can download it for like two ninety nine. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what. What's that? You're going to do it? The next episode of Geekly Dose, I'm going to review Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning. If it's still up. If it's still up. <laughs> so I'm don't sure. quote me I'm on sure that. I'm sure it will be. It's not out in theaters yet, so I'm sure it's still going to be available. Okay. Be if it November is, 30th. Yeah. If it is, I'll check it out and I'll talk about it. And uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm we'll holding see. your word to that. 
right. I feel pretty strong that it's going to suck. But <laughs> we will see. But the trailer did its job, so it gives exactly yeah. teaser pleaser That's for you. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. Fair so enough. we changed one mind today. Mm-hmm. Did we change your mind? Send us an email, geeklydose at gmail.com. And that's it for this week's preview review. All right. I'm pretty excited. All right. <laughs> I'm pretty pumped about that. <laughs> so let's continue that excitement and go over to the longly anticipated game review from Steven. Yeah, that's right. Uh, this week I'm talking about Borderlands 2. Of course, the last time I reviewed a game, I reviewed the first Borderlands. Because I had planned for the second one to not be out yet. But then we recorded it a couple days after the second game came out. <laughs> uh-huh. So that was kind of a moot point. Uh, Our timelines are kind of screwed. Yeah. In any case, I was interested enough to pick up the game and give it a go. So come with me on the journey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go. <laughs> to Pandora. <laughs> land of the... Border. What's that, mommy? Wetlands. <laughs> Is that a monster? <laughs> All right, so Borderlands 2, developed by Gearbox Software, published by 2K Games, came out September 18th of 2012, not too long ago. It is available currently for your PC, your PS3, and your XB360. I think I for those who said. don't know, that's, that's code for Xbox 360. <laughs> well, I was given the letters for everything else. Why does the Xbox have to be special? I don't understand. It's a good point. Yeah. Uh, so basically, the story uh, of the game, once again, centers around your uh, four vault hunters as they journey to find the vault, because that's what they do. But it's different characters this time. Uh, anybody that listened to my review last month... would know that uh while i didn't hate the game i certainly had a lot of complaints about it and while the review itself was more on the negative side Mm -hmm. uh, i did say that the game was still worth playing and worth checking out for all of the the new ideas that they kind of bring to the whole first person rpg experience of course uh and i of course last month said that there was so much promise that surely the sequel could improve upon it vastly. Mm-hmm. And I'm here to say that it does improve upon it vastly. All right. And uh, so I'm going to kind of break it down based on my complaints of the last game and see just how this game manages to improve upon, to improve upon all of it. Mm-hmm. Now, my, my biggest complaint came on the uh, multiplayer side. I remember saying in the first game, when I jumped into a multiplayer game, it completely screwed up my quest progression. And I ended up with a huge list of quests that I hadn't gotten before, and and so the majority of the game was me playing catch-up. And I have to say that immediately this game rectifies all of that. You can jump online, have people come to your game as much as you want, play in their world, but it is not going to mess up your actual character's quest progression. Uh, so, yay. So, uh, that's one in All approval. Right. Um, yay! Oh, wow, that was loud. <laughs> <laughs> what? What'd you say? <laughs> oh, yeah. My bad. How about this? Yay! Oh, that's better. That's much better. <laughs> yeah, core improvement right there. Uh, the, making the online experience much more playable and enjoyable. Uh, and I highly appreciate that. Another thing that I said about the first game was the fact that Ultimately, you don't care about the story and the characters because there barely is any. And so a lot of it is just you running around shooting things 
and checking things off of a list that really don't feel like they have any substantialness <laughs> to them at all. <laughs> you just headbutted that guy. Yeah, okay. I will say that uh, this game is actually pretty funny. They, 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 they understand comedy over at Gearbox, and they, they use it to great effect. <laughs> so, yes, the midget just headbutted that guy. Uh, I apologize to any, any uh, little people out there. I sh- Brad Williams him. calls them midgets. Yeah. Uh, uh-oh. We don't want to get another guy no. talking. Shut up, everybody. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, it was a story. Right. Uh, I'm very happy to say that the story is much more prevalent in this game. Uh, you actually understand the characters and the world that you're around. You don't really get much of any kind of story with the main playable characters and i understand part of it is probably because since you have a choice of four characters it would have been a lot more work to record four different sets of dialogues for everybody depending on who you're playing and so you you don't really get a lot of you know personal interaction i would say but the way that the characters that you meet uh talk to the other players in the world uh other players the other characters the other npcs and the way that the world is and the story and the way the villain behaves, it's all much more engaging and much more interesting. You actually get a sense of, of where you are and why things are happening. Mm-hmm. As opposed to in the first game where the story really, I don't know, you could just kind of throw the, the story out in the first game. Uh, but in this game, there's a lot more like, oh, you know, like you've got Handsome Jack, he's the villain. And you know he's doing stuff with the vault, and he's experimenting with Iridium, and you have the angel, and she's telling you things. And you meet up with the characters from the old game, and they actually have a personality this time because they actually get to talk to you and, yeah. and you know give you missions. And they interact with each other more. So, yeah, the story is much more there in this game. And I really like that. That's always a good thing. Yeah. And I also felt like, unlike in the first game where the majority of the locations felt the same... This game, you kind of get more of a sense of, of differentness from the places that you visit. You know, it's not all deserts and junk piles, which is what the first game was. It was just a bunch of deserts and junk piles. But I feel like in this game, you start off in a snowy area. They have like a grassland, foresty area. They've got like a little factory city where they have mechs. Like, like the, <clears throat> the locations feel different. You know, it's, it's not just the same old, same old. Yeah. And I appreciate that, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said in the previous review, uh, <clears throat> the gameplay itself was the big plus. You know, like, the gunplay feels good. It feels solid. In this game, you know, you, <clears throat> I feel like you want to, you know, run around and shoot things because everything works. The skills work. The guns, the different types of guns you get, you know, work beautifully. They, they feel like different guns. Of course, <clears throat> the big thing in the game is the bazillions of guns. Because, like other loot-based games, the guns are produced randomly based on specific stats and number generations. Uh, so you never every gun that you find is allegedly different from the last gun, even if it is just like, you know, a point more of damage. It's still you feel like you're progressing when you're finding these guns. And uh, and that's cool. Sorry, I had to belch and I had to hide it. Uh, <laughs> but then I said it, so I guess I didn't have to hide it. <laughs> Anyway, uh, and one thing, aesthetically, the guns are a lot more pleasing. It's not just, like, the same-looking shotgun that has 20 different s- sets of stats. Uh, when they randomly generate the weapons, they also randomly generate the parts of the guns based on 
uh, the parts that they've put into the game. Uh-huh. So you actually don't always find guns that look the same either. Like every now and then you might find the same gun just as a weird quirk of the RNG. But generally you're finding different looking guns that behave differently, have different stats, different elemental effects. And so a lot of the game is figuring out what gun to use depending on the situation. You know, like, well, you know, you have a gun that shoots fire bullets, but then you have armored mechs, so you're not going to use the fire gun. You're going to use the acid gun on those because that's better against armor. But then some humans run out, so you want to switch to the fire gun, but then they have shields, so you have to use electricity on them first. So a lot of it is like... So you have choices. Yeah, a lot of it is balancing how you play. I like that. I like a little variation in there when I kind of have to decipher the best way to take something out sure i like that i will say though that uh when you play the game uh, depending on your play style certain guns are going to be more favorable than others because of the way i play i tend to stick to shotguns and assault rifles Mm -hmm. which means that even though the sniper rifles and the rocket launchers are really cool i'm not using any of them so, I don't know, maybe if they'd have thrown something in to be like, hey, you know, you should use your rocket launcher more often, because I, I have not fired one rocket in this game, despite collecting various rocket launchers. I just feel like it's almost like, I don't know, like a useless weapon type, even though I'm sure they're cool in their own right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the grenades are kind of the same way. Uh, did I say grenade instead of grenade? Um, uh, I don't know. I think I did. Well, I'll find out when I listen back to it. Okay, well. well it'll be too late to <laughs> The grenades... <laughs> Are kind of the same way in that you always find grenades with different effects. You know, you'll have acid grenades, fire grenades, electric grenades, regular grenades. But ultimately, I just found I was just using the regular explosive. I mean, why not? You know? And then the some of the guns have effects that I don't really, like, think are that great. Uh, some of the guns, depending on who makes them... Uh, when you reload, they'll throw the gun out like a grenade and it'll explode. But I feel like that's just a waste of bullets because you use the bullets that are in the clip and like to depend on how powerful the explosion is. And it's like, eh, whatever. Anyway, enough about guns because you literally go on and on about guns in this game because there are lots of guns in this game. Now, I'm going to take a break and ask you a question. I know uh, you've not played the first one. This is true. Uh, and you certainly haven't played the second one. And I also know you're not big on first-person shooters. These are all true statements. Uh, so, I mean, does the prospect of a more story-driven RPG-type shooter seem at all more uh, like appealing to you? Um, yeah, it does. But in some ways, it doesn't because my problem with RPGs was never the lack of story or anything like mm-hmm. that. It's just I don't. I can't get into them. I don't know. I don't know if it's the fact that I only see a hand and a gun. I don't know if it's the first person perspective. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's that. I just don't really like games to where you just mainly use guns. Yeah. Well, maybe it's just a little bit of all of those things, you know, because I just I can't really get into them. Although I didn't have much problem playing a game like Bioshock, which is basically a first person shooter. But it's kind of not because you're also using like. Your hands and like mm-hmm. you know different pow- powers and stuff mm-hmm. with like fire and ice out of your hands. I, I don't know. I just like games that more so. I feel like I'm going on some kind of an epic adventure versus shooting stuff. Sure, I, I understand know. what you're saying. Not saying that that's you know. I don't want to get any angry emails. You know, it's not mm-hmm. like I'm saying that these kinds of games don't have that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But 
I just don't know if that's enough to really that would sway me and want to play it. I, I tell you one thing though, I really do like the look of these games. Yeah, like this whole yeah, it has like a more animated sword. look yeah, to it. Yeah, it had that like the, the it's outlines. Kind of, it's kind of like kind of an exaggerated feel, shade type thing. Yeah. but it's like more stylized than that. Um, I'm a fan of that, mm-hmm. uh, but who knows? I could play this game and just be like, you know, this is what I've been waiting for. I don't know. Yeah. But. <clears throat> All right. Well, like I said, it's <clears throat> while it is a first-person shooter, and that is that is how you play. You're running around shooting things. Uh, there's very much an RPG uh, like feel to the game. Everything you do is based on like stats and numbers. You get experience when you kill things and do quests. You level up. Uh, you have skill trees that you can put points in for your po- every <clears throat> all of the four main characters. I say four. I understand there is a fifth downloadable character uh, that you can pay for. But it's $10, and I did not download it. <laughs> but they all have uh, their own unique uh, power to kind of lend to their play style, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got Zero. He's supposed to be like a ninja. So his ability is he can turn invisible and project this like holographic image of himself to distract enemies so he can attack them with a sword, right? Hey, well, see that, that makes me want to play it now. Sure. You throw in a ninja and I might be interested. You've got Salvador, who I feel has the most wasted power, but he's the gunzerker. And so his ability is to dual wield with uh, ammo regeneration. Now, I know what you're thinking, like dual wielding? I mean, that's not anything special. So you can pull two guns out. Uh, And I agree. I feel like... Salvador is kind of a waste of character because of that. I, I, I don't I don't really get any sense of, of wanting to play him because he doesn't really do anything super special that you can't do in other first-person shooters. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, the other characters you have, Maya, the lone female of the bunch. Uh, she is a siren, which is... you In the story itself, the sirens are very interesting because they have like crazy telekinetic powers that they could do. But really all she can do is... Uh, this thing called phase lock, which is just uh, lifting an enemy in the air uh, and holding them there so you can shoot at it, which is also really cool. But uh, I don't know. It doesn't really compare to Zero turning invisible and chopping people's heads off. And then you've got Axton, who was the character that I actually went th- through the story with. I tried all the characters, but Axton was the one that I actually stuck with. And his ability is he can uh, deploy a uh, turret gun to shoot with him. And, I mean, you know, extra firepower, plus you could put a shield on it, and it could shoot rockets later on. And that's always really fun and nifty. And it's starting to sound a, a lot more uh, interesting with yeah. all the variation, the abilities that the characters have. Sure. Um, <clears throat> well, yeah, it is. It is uh, definitely more, like I said, more RPG and story-driven than your typical first-person shooter. But at the same time, it doesn't escape the... You walk into a room and a bunch of enemies ambush you and you just have to shoot them. Right. Yeah, which which is ultimately, like, you know, the set pieces. That's how it happens. Uh, but this is not your Call of Duty shooter where you're just running around blowing everything up. Sometimes you actually have to, like, stop and think about what skills you're using and what type of gun you're going to use in the situation. Once again, however, like the first game, the uh, vehicles that you drive, I feel, are completely wasted. Uh, the first game... I said there really wasn't much point to them. They only had like two areas where you could even drive around and there wasn't much to do when you drive around. And this game is kind of the same. I feel like the vehicles are wasted. And then the one new interesting vehicle that they introduced uh, called the buzzard, which is like this flying thing with like rockets on it. Mm -hmm. You don't get to fly. 
like the enemies fly them around and that's annoying and then you have to shoot them down and then <clears throat> eventually in the story something happens with one of the characters that allows you to uh it, it basically puts some of the buzzards on your side but even then you still don't get to fly them and I feel like the one vehicle in the game that I actually would want to jump in, yeah. you don't even get to use. So that's that's they probably, all. yeah, that, that that was a big letdown. I mean, you, you get to this area and you see these things flying around. And you're like, oh, surely I'm going to get to jump into one of those, right? But sadly, that is not the case. Oh. Yeah. That is a letdown. I would have wanted to jump into one of those myself. Overall, I feel like uh, with this game, they definitely improved upon every fault that the original game had. And like I said, with the original game, while there were a lot of faults, it was still worth playing to get the experience and to see, you know, what this type of game is, since it is a loot-based RPG, despite the fact that it's a first-person shooter. Because they improved upon all of the faults that the first game had, I can't help but recommend this game, at least to fans of RPGs or first-person shooters. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, if all you play is Madden, you're probably not going to get much joy out of it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I... I feel like this game is, is definitely worth checking out. And they present the story in a way to where you don't really have to play the first one to get, like, you know, what's happening in this game. Especially when the first game didn't have much of a story anyway. Okay, and what, did you say what console you had this on? Uh, yeah, I'm currently playing this on my PlayStation 3. Hmm. And there is, uh, up to four, <laughs> there is up to four-player co-op in the multiplayer if you want to jump in with your friends. Although the more people that play, the harder the game gets. Obviously, they want to scale it to, to where you're not just breezing through everything. Mm -hmm. But uh, but yeah, I, I recommend the game. I say pick it up. Okay. Well, it's definitely... Um, it's, it's, it's kind of getting close to the kind of games I like to play, you know, with just all the variation of different characters and they can do different things and, and, and it's just something just beyond standard... Uh, gun fighting mm -hmm. so I think I like that maybe by the time the third one comes around I'll be like alright here we go because it seems like they're starting to head more and more toward my favorite genre of games sure so uh, yeah that's cool sounds good uh, take that Adam Nashberg now yeah boom <laughs> uh, at this point we're going to head over to the wrap up I'm going to talk about what we're going to talk about uh, in two weeks so do you know what you're going to have um two weeks for yeah hopefully in two weeks i'm going to be reviewing need for speed most wanted mm -hmm. which is the brand new uh racing game from criterion and ea games okay interesting yeah and uh book wise i don't know if i'm gonna review a comic but i do want to talk about a novel that i read called uh the color of magic so look forward to that hmm i'm interested to find out what the color of magic is mm -hmm. it's red <laughs> that is the official <laughs> response it's red. Matter of fact, you just open the book and every page just says it's red, red. on it. <laughs> <laughs> just that one sentence in the middle of the page. Yeah, it's red. <laughs> Nothing else. It's red. <laughs> okay, well, that sounds good. Um, as I stated earlier, if I can get a chance and it's not too late and all that kind of stuff, then I'll review Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning. Day of Reckoning. Yes. To see if... You can uh, do it. To see if, if you know, my first... My first um, Response was trailer failure. Mm -hmm. Did it change the teaser, pleaser? Mm -hmm. If I can review it, we'll see what the final actual thing will be. Okay. Because that has happened before. Mm -hmm. I said trailer trailer failure for a movie, film called Badass with uh, Danny Trejo. Yes. And then I went back and reviewed the film. A couple episodes ago, you can check that out. And then I watched the film and I was like, hey, this film wasn't that bad. 
So maybe it'll be the opposite this time. Maybe it'll be the same. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Come back in two weeks to find out. Uh, if anything changes before then, well, you know, maybe I'll let you know on the Awesome Podcast Network page or something like that. Speaking of that, you should take time now to go and like that page uh, because that is the network that hosts all of our podcasts, which there are two other podcasts. One of them is called 80s Revisited. Take a blast to the past with 80s Revisited where they talk about 80s movies and all the magic and the fantastic things that surround that period of time. <laughs> um, there's also Dual Attack, which is a Heroclix podcast. So if you're looking to get into Heroclix and learn how to play that and talk strategy and powers and all those kinds of things, you can check out Dual Attack. Of course, those podcasts as well as this one are uh, available on iTunes as well as Stitcher.com. Yes, they are. Yes. Um, I don't think there's anything else. Is mm-hmm. that is that yeah? That's that's usually on? how we end the show. All right, it's been two weeks. <laughs> you know, that's the funny thing about it now is that there's more time in between each episode, mm-hmm. so there's more time to forget stuff. <laughs> and you're getting old, of course. Well, we all are. Memory Every loss day, is right? going. Oh yeah. well, you are. Technically, we're all getting older. I think there's a couple uh, Benjamin <laughs> Buttons out there. Really, getting, getting younger every day. Well, I need to holler at one of them. Yeah, because gray hair is starting to get on my nerves. Anyway, so until next time, guys, for Geekly Dose, I'm Tim Bridgewater. I'm Stephen Dosentelli. Jesse Sedgley. Thank you, guys. Come back in two weeks for your next dose. At the Awesome Podcast Network's Facebook at facebook.com slash awesomepodcastnetwork. And follow us on Twitter at Awesome Podcasts.